Hey y'all, it's Jay here. Uh, Just to let y'all know, there are going to be two episodes this week. So if you're seeing that and you think one is like a mistake or something, no, that's not the case. Uh, We actually planned on taking the week off and then Blizzard smacked us with a bunch of Battlegrounds patches. So yeah, we the first episode is going to be an interview with our guest Will. And then the second episode is going to be a breakdown into the changes uh, that happened in, uh, with the Battlegrounds patch. And then the last little bit is talking about the Battlegrounds brawl that's happening on Tuesday. We would have stretched this stuff out, but it didn't make sense to do that. So yeah, you're just getting an extra episode. And uh, if you are a patron, there are actually three episodes that you will get. Uh, the two that I talked about, and then the after show from our uh, patch review stuff. Yep, so uh, yeah, without further ado, uh, let's jump into the interview or the uh, patch review, depending on which episode you're looking at right now. I always love meeting a new customer. Come on in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Bob's Tavern Cast, live from Bob's Tavern. I am your bartender, Jay. And I'm your bartender, Don. And we have a guest bartender with us. Uh, you may have seen him on American Idol. You may have seen him at DreamHack Oakland. Um, he is new to the battlegrounds, but already you can see the ambition and the determination to make it to the top, the one, the only, William Hung. Will, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing amazing. I'm excited to to be part of this podcast because because I, I for some reason I enjoy the battlegrounds format more than the regular card game of Hearthstone. So that's why, like, when I saw this podcast, I want I I knew that I want to be a, a guest right away. That's awesome, and and we're gonna we're gonna jump in that, but before. But first, let's uh, pour a drink and, uh, and just catch up with everyone. So as we're recording this, the 17.4 patch just came out. It's a few days young. And what's everyone's take so far? Will, let's start with you. Wow, um, I have to say, Monstrous Macabre is, is a very, very scary bird. <laughs> it, it, it is good in, in so many different decks. Uh, all the death rattles. Obviously, the beast is the most broken one. Uh, I mean, it's broken when it gets there. So, but, but the interesting thing is the consistency. Because um, according to HS Replay, because I, 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 um, I pay for the premium uh, stats. So it shows that it's like tier two. So maybe there are consistency issues in terms of hitting the key, key cards like Goldrin uh, and Baron, um, Baron obviously. Uh, and then uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really surprising uh, that Saralisk is, uh, is tier one across all levels, uh, even the highest MMR, the matchmaker rating system. So yeah, it, it, it's not very popular yet, but that's something that I'll be sharing later today. Don, what what about you? 
Yeah, I think Will probably already captured a lot of what I'm feeling. Uh, Bird, Bird's good. It's soapy. It's really strong. Um, I think, to me, in terms of that, uh, and we will probably go into this more later, but yeah, I've been feeling like, pretty much, to me, Bird is starting to feel how Amalgam was. It's like, everybody is just taking the birds. And it's almost like you just grab it whether you have death rattles or not. Like, you just know it's good, so you're going to take it, and you're probably going to find some death rattles anyways. And then, if you don't find both birds and death rattles, then you're going to have one or the other because everybody else has taken the other one. That That's interesting because, and again, I'm I'm just one person. But I I don't feel like the macaw is as good as most people think that it is, and and I I do agree that everyone is picking it, but I, I think that that's kind of creating this um, false, oh uh, yeah, like false narrative of oh this minion's too strong, this minion needs to be nerfed, and it's just like hmm, this was the first day like playing this morning. This is the first day where, you know, I didn't see as many macaws. I didn't see as many cannons. In fact, I saw a lot of dragons. I saw a lot of murlocs. Uh, I still don't see beasts because most people just think beasts are bad, uh, myself included. But I, I feel like pirates, while they are very good, I feel like they are more balanced than I originally thought. And now that I think some of the glitter has worn off, kind of that that new new spell, uh, you know, smell, I think that it will kind of die down a bit and get back to normal. Think take, I like. But as as always, you know, we're just three people that are playing the game and really want to know what what y'all think out there you can always tweet us or tweet at us at bob's tavern hs but uh, this episode isn't about the new patch this episode is about a new player uh will i want to know tell us your story of how you got into hearthstone and then from there kind of what got you to try battlegrounds yeah, um, I started playing Hearthstone maybe like three years ago, uh, four years ago, something like that, not too long ago. Um, I always enjoy competitive gaming. Since I was 10 years old back in Hong Kong, I remember I was one of the first people to, uh, to beat Super Mario Brothers without losing a single life. And back then, there is no strategy guide. There's nothing on YouTube you can watch. But yeah, so I, and then eventually, I started uh, getting into Pokemon trading card games. When I was in high school and college, I made it all the way to the world championship um, one year in San Diego. Uh, so, so, so somehow there, there, I, I have that like a, like that passion for card games. And then eventually, I transitioned to poker, and then now um, more on the Hearthstone. What was what was playing at the the highest level of Pokemon like? I mean, and and do you think that Hearthstone is doing a good job as well with their competitive scene? Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, I, I think the, the game has gotten much better over the years because, uh, because like, like, like um, the, I feel like now uh, the, 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 I play standard uh, sometimes as well, even though I love Battlegrounds. 
just to see how it feels. Uh, I tested like 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 different like off the wall strategies, like totem shaman, and it actually wins. <laughs> so so yeah, so I feel the game is very balanced. There's a lot of room for to be creative based on what you feel the other people are playing, and then you could create your own deck to to really uh, do well. So I like that. Uh, I think because some there were times um, when like I felt like the the the, the standard meta game is kind of stale. Like it's always the the top or four decks. It was, there was I still remember the old days when Shaman was the was like most overpowered class. Every single person is playing it. It's like, oh my god, how many mirror matches am I going to go through today? Oh yeah. I remember those days. You do, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I I think that, you know, the amount of attention that's been given to standard and to ladder specifically, you know, like competitive Hearthstone, I see a lot of that emulated in Battlegrounds. I, I think that there's a lot of a lot of care that's being taken to to make sure that changes are coming in at a good pace, that the changes are not so big that it's creating a new problem one after the other, but also not done in a way that is kind of reactive where you, you hear a lot of people say like, oh, this card is you know, too good or this card is too bad. And then immediately they just like, okay, they only fix that card. They're often trying to make changes so that the game feels balanced. The game feels like Nothing is, you know, better or worse off, but everything just feels kind of slightly, everything feels slightly better, not just one thing. Yeah, I think they've definitely done a really good job of that. And even in, even in standard, when we've had patches, especially the last, I mean, six months to year, uh, you know, they've been changing 10, 12, 14 cards, you know, kind of thing at a time. And we've even started to see a little bit of buffing. So, like you were saying, I mean, maybe they're going to translate that as well to Battlegrounds. And I think one thing that they've done with that, uh, especially with the most recent patch, is also the inclusion of the rotating, rotating out certain tribes so that everything's not included every time. And I think there's some interesting balance that we're seeing with that, or lack of balance in some cases as well. So, yeah, I, interesting to see what they're going to continue doing with it and keep putting their attention to. So, so Will, you mentioned kind of coming back to Hearthstone and jumping into Battlegrounds recently. Um, what what made you want to try Battlegrounds and and ultimately what was it that kind of hooked you in? Oh, I I, I enjoy studying videos, YouTube videos from Kriparian, uh, Crip. Uh, so uh, and I it, I think it's very entertaining and it's all, it's also very educational because he's a re he's really a great player. He explains his reasoning before he plays very well. Uh, and he sometimes and he's also willing to try things outside the box. Like recently, he posted a video about like carrot um uh bomb you know death rattle build. 
So yeah, that's pretty cool, you know. A lot of people might, might not figure out they, they know the idea, but they don't know how to build it the right way. So yeah, I, I, I like I like uh, the creativity. Um, I also I don't know. Um, I just think that that is it feels fresh to me. Um, I only started playing Battlegrounds a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I feel that that uh, it, that is fun to like to be able to draft uh, from the same carpool as every, everybody else. It could be rough at times, of course, but, <laughs> but but it's also like you know everybody's working with the, starting from the same uh, like like from the same starting point. Yeah, I think that's something that we kind of talked about early on in our podcast was was that in. It was interesting when uh, Battlegrounds came out, too, because a lot of people didn't understand that. They didn't realize that everybody was picking from the same pool. So it's it's cool to hear you bring that up because it makes me think back to when it first came out and everybody started playing it. Yeah. The overall game system and kind of that whole everyone's kind of dipping their hands into the same pot reminds me a lot of, like, Draft Night on like mtg like and i i you know don and i both kind of grew up playing magic the gathering and draft night was always like a fun thing to do if you go to like friday night magic and they're doing like a draft tournament and the cool thing about that was everyone bought packs and then you had to pick your deck out of the same pool so it wasn't like it wasn't like people were bringing in stuff that they had collected for years and years and years. Uh, and it wasn't, you know, everyone had the same chance to build something great. And I, I think that that is similar to like the arena feeling that Hearthstone has. But I think that that is, that's something that a lot of players in Battlegrounds, especially a lot of new players, I think kind of appeal to. Because when you think about, and I run into this problem all the time in Standard where you have, oh, this deck is amazing. Well, this deck also requires like six legendary classic minions that, you know, you might have, but ultimately you have to develop over time. Whereas a game like Battlegrounds, if you haven't been playing for a long time, you have access to the same resources as if you, you know, had been playing since day one. Yeah, that's why I enjoy most about it. I like I like that way you you, you put it out, articulate that. Yeah, that's that's right. So let's talk a little bit about your strategy. Um, you, you shared, and and I have to I have to give you your props. Like I can tell that you take the game seriously, and you take your mindset in the game seriously. But I want to I, I want to break down like what has been working for you? What has been like your go-to comp? Ooh, um, I, I, I have to say Cyrilis, uh hands down. <laughs> I, because I tested many different strategies um, when I first started, the first week of and, and then and then I'm just like like going back and forth. Um, like like the because the, the starting rating for a new player is like 4,000 matchmaker rating. Uh, and and then it's like um, I went up to five thousand. I had losing streak back to like thirty hundred. Uh, it's crazy, but anyway, I I, I couldn't. I, I haven't found something that's very consistent. And then and then what? After I watched one of the, the Crips videos on uh, on Subtle List, uh, and then you know I think RDU Hearthstone also did one as well. 
and I oh okay that, that's that, that's interesting because I don't, that's because it's not a lot of people playing that that kind of strategy you know most people they because it's more enjoyable to build those big dragons big demons you know do broken things towards late game with the murlocs so you know so but I thought hey, maybe there's an opportunity to 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 do well with the, with this you know more unconventional uh, not that popular actually uh, strategy using a one star unit. Rapid Salomisk. The one problem that I run into with Saralisks are there's still only one damage when they stay up. And, and I mean, that has been something that in a lot of a lot more of my recent games, I've, I've kind of strayed away from going like full Saralisk. Of course, it wouldn't be me if I don't have a video that's going to be coming out soon that's literally me with three golden Saralisks. Uh, so, <laughs> that said, take everything I say with a grain of salt. Um, but I, I have noticed that in the last few uh, last few days, last week or so, I've I've always used Saralisks to get to a point and then really tried to start scaling up faster, only because. One of the things that I've run into, especially just on stream or playing with others, doing like co-op, you know, stuff, is the more people that are in the match, the harder it is to get what you want. So I have always gone for like a bigger is better approach where like if you have more tier three, four and five minions on your board at the end of the round instead of, you know, one, two and three minions, then ultimately it narrows the pool faster now that the downside to that is often those those mid game minions often require a strong early game so like if you're losing you can't just jump to mid game and then all of a sudden start winning in fact i've seen so many people do that where they try like yellow straza comping which is you know you just pick alex straza rush to 5 and then try to play all the big dragons and come back and win the game, which is something that I do religiously. Um, but, you know, when you're, when you're trying to do that and you're playing, like, the Rat King, or you're playing, um, I, I don't know, any, any other hero, you, Captain Yodora, you know, one of the newer heroes, it doesn't necessarily work as well because you're not able to build a, a synergistic board. You're just kind of grabbing the big, the biggest thing in the room. Um, so, so I'm asking that is like, you know, if you're staying lower to grab these Sarlis, to, you know, I'm looking at here, it says your composition is a wrath weaver, a Sarlis, two selfless heroes and an unstable ghoul. Um, I mean, if you're doing things like that, what, what bosses are you picking to, make sure that you can do that, but also transition into the late game really well. Yes. Um, so I listed the heroes that I think will work very well for this particular um, uh, strategy. Uh, so Rafam uh, is definitely my number one because he's so good at stealing uh, uh, one-star minions that's useful for you. Uh, and so Rafam is definitely like, like, like hands-down number one. Uh, I, I would say that the other one uh, that's really good, obviously, is Captain Bustas. Um, because you could just uh, for people that might not be familiar with the new, her new hero power, you could just like recycle uh, all the one stars that, that you don't want, 
So, so, not, uh, so the, uh, without getting too deep, deep into the nitty gritty, you always want to be uh, buying units uh, early on to fill the board, even though, even if it's not what you want, because you need to protect your life total. Otherwise, you, have, you don't have a chance. Uh, so, so, le so let's say I buy, you know, MacBot or, or uh, Baby Well, whatever I don't want, right? I can just recycle using Captain Boost Tusk. Uh, uh, Stormu is fantastic. Uh, because uh, getting the extra refresh means I can get get to my you know go, uh, extra sour list and refer earlier. Um, other ones to consider would be Pyramid, Edwin, Reno, um, Skycap, and Craig is actually not bad because sometimes you you need to level up quickly in the late game. Uh, patch and patchwork is actually interesting because having the extra ten life total could be a big difference. I fight it doesn't mean it it doesn't work for every single comp. But for 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 this particular strategy, for some reason, because um, the re I, I know why. Because um, when I need to buff my lever with the demon, I have to hit uh, ping myself a damage, right? So having extra life and not die uh, by losing a one one battle is a is a could be a big deal. And then uh, Leech King and then Illith and Stormish, you can we can you can um, test those as well. But I would say Rafam, Captain Gustav, and No Storm would be the best ones. I, I love that Pyramid was in there. Um, there. There's a there's a big conspiracy here that you know bartenders think that Pyramid is the the best hero in the game, and I. Would, uh, yep. I'm sorry. Did you say bartenders? Are you clumping me in with with your crazy <laughs> theories here? I, I mean, I'm just saying when when everyone called him Pyramid, I, I said that they were Pyramid because. Pyramid be killing them all day, and um, he's still Pyramid. <laughs> I I think that the some of the heroes that you've picked, I mean, every one of these makes sense. Um, of course, I love the idea of of what Mike Tyson said. You know, everybody's got a strategy until you get punched in the face. Um, so when things are not going. The way that that you want let's say like for some reason you can't can't get that golden sour list or can't find you know for some reason selfless heroes are just not happening or you can't get a golden unstable ghoul in late game how do you decide what minions to sacrifice and and what minions need to, to be kept Okay, so that's that's a great question because 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 um everybody knows how to win with this deck uh when when they get the ideal start so like two like, ideally it'd be like one golden sourless a second sourless and a weaver and then you just keep buying death rattles over and over again and on demons until until you know you you have a massive stats and then it's like easy almost easily like guaranteed top two or top three that's the ideal. But when life is not ideal, like you said, <laughs> uh, so that's when I have to make adjustments. Uh, so I would say the first thing I do whenever I be, before I commit to the strategy is uh, is turn two. I do a lobby check on turn two. I look at how many people are drafting soundless already, uh, because it affects the odds of me getting one. Uh, so let's say I don't get one on turn one, and then I check the lobby, uh, and it tells you right. It tells you like for example two beasts. Uh, two murlocs, one beast, one demon, whatever, right? You could tell because in tier one, there's only one one card that matches one beast, and that's Sourless. 
So if I see at least two people were able to get sour list um, early on, that's that's the, that's probably the game where I don't want to do sour list. I think that's fantastic. We did kind of talk about that in one of our other episodes. You know, it was starting to pay attention to what everybody else is doing because that really does affect. And if you're not paying attention to what everybody else is also taking, then you might be trying to roll for a golden, which I don't recommend all the time anyways. But, you know, yeah, maybe you're trying to set yourself up for something and it's just not happening and you're way too focused on that and it ends up losing you potentially multiple fights in a row. And then all of a sudden, that's how you go from maybe you were third after the first couple fights and then all of a sudden you get knocked out in seven because you're not paying attention to some of that stuff and you're trying to focus on you know something that's not there yeah i so yeah i think this strategy is it's definitely fantastic it's uh it is the top performing comp um uh across all um all all the servers and all the the levels for a reason I mean, it, when it go, when when you can get the pieces, it is extremely consistent for top four. It might not win the lobby, but it is very very consistent. But the, 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 like you said, like when 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 things don't go well, right? So that's the first thing I, I check that okay, there's too many people already getting soundless. I don't even want to think about it. And then uh, as the game goes along, let's say I I I don't have that problem, but I only get like maybe like one one regular soundless. One weaver by turn seven. It happens because there's, there's random. That's random, right? Uh, so when that happens, I would say that uh, my my strategy is to just salvage the game because at that point, when I know that I'm under leveled, I'm weak relative to other people in the lobby. Uh, I I know that all. Um, I don't. I accept that there's no way I'm gonna get first place in that game. You know, I'll be lucky to not not uh, finish like the bot like like, like the the bot the very bottom. So uh, yeah, I would say turn seven, turn eight. Um, if I don't get what I want, I still level up to uh, tier two and just start buffing my team as much as I can. And then as I get the sound list or or when I hit my triple and get you know a card that can help me like gold rubber, uh, then then maybe I can turn the game around. I I just want to clarify one of the things that you said you said like on turn seven or turn eight you mean when you have seven or eight gold or like seven or eight rounds into it are you still on tavern tier one yes that's correct uh so oh, wow. so so the so t- um if you um so if you go to um hs replay um dot net uh, and go to battlegrounds they actually tell you uh like uh, the ideal turns for you to level up using this uh, strategy uh, so usually you want to stay on one star uh, and for uh, for the first six turns, and then uh, the ideal turn to go to hit uh, level two is turn seven, and then the ideal turn to hit level three is uh, probably around thirteen or fourteen. Oh wow, that that seems much farther down the road than than where mo- I see a lot of people playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because your goal with this deck is to outlast the other people um, uh, taking big risks. You're not you. When I play this, when I when I play this deck, I should be very risk averse because the whole point is to make sure I, I get top two, three, or four um, every single time I play this deck. Yeah, and I mean, you're probably still gaining MMR at that point. You know, you don't have to take first place, but you right, can right, slowly right. climb. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's the thing about this deck. Uh, that's that's why this deck is not that exciting. Uh, because uh, as as the research shows, um, only about three percent of people uh, want to play uh, are playing this deck at the moment. It's not popular because it's very hard to win the lottery with this deck. Yes, sometimes I could high roll and get a key card like like Vestina, like a poison beast that can really help me uh, uh, push push my game over the line. But but usually I, it's hard for me to get first place. So but, but what this deck does so well, and the reason is now is the number one deck according to the the HS replay. Which is a win rate and the and the and the rating is because it's this it's disproportionate higher for getting second, third, and fourth uh, compared to every other deck or every other comp. Yeah, I mean that's it's very interesting to see that and to think that most people would think that having you know all tier six minions all or, you know, Murlocs. I feel like Murlocs would be best. Um, of course, we know that Murlocs kind of follow the Bobby Strat. If you ain't first, you're last. Um, <laughs> it's, it's definitely interesting to see in terms of heroes, according to HSA, you know, the best heroes are usually the ones that have kind of a high first or second place. But then I'm looking at like Husk, I'm like Reform, uh, um, but you know when you look at the actual compositions on HSA, only tier one deck is that one, and like you said, it's that same like second, third place. Like it rarely gets first place, but it consistently gets second, third, and I think that that's something that. Uh, a lot of people, you know, we've talked about this before. First place is the riskiest to go for. Um, honestly, the way that I've played the last you know, few months has been has been an approach of get to top four and then worry about it. Then, <laughs> you know, just. Uh, yeah. I've I've almost it's it's almost like a survival mentality of like I just need to survive long enough to not lose points and, and that's something that I talk about on, on stream a lot is okay, hey, we lost this, but we only took, you know, five damage instead of like fifteen and ah, yeah. It's kind of interesting talking about like how many how much damage you might take in one specific fight. And you were talking about with Sourless, you know, yeah, maybe if that's all that survives after the fight, it only does one damage plus your tavern tier. But at the same time, you are still winning that fight. So sometimes there's the argument of, you know, are you going for trying to have higher cost things so when you do win? You're doing more damage, or are you trying to go for something that wins more often, but you do maybe slightly less damage per win? Yeah, yeah. So, you mentioned earlier, you know, Macaw kind of coming in and, and really finding a place in here, and I'm seeing an HS replay, and, and in your notes, um, the Gold Grubber has really started to step up as well. 
what what have you thought about that hasn't really been explored too much in terms of of strategies to bring in to this Sarlisk build? Um, I would say the the the, the gold rubber doesn't always work because you uh, because because my because gold rubber needs goldens. So if I don't have a trip a lot of trip at least three triples in the mid game, then then it doesn't make sense for me to go for gold rubber. Uh, it's it's more like uh, like the way I look at it is like every game is different. I'm just trying to stabilize first, and make sure I have two strong list and one wrath reaver. Those are the key cards I need, right? And and in order to win my fights, and then when I could win win those fights, then I look for the next piece and figure out okay. Now, now that I know that I have a very high chance to get top four, how can I make it top one? <laughs> so, 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 some, so sometimes it's not gold rubber. Sometimes it could be as simple as finding a random murloc uh, and then and then adding top spin for poison uh, uh, at uh, at tier four. Uh, and the reason that works so well is because of the of the divine shields from the call. Nice, and, and I think the last question that I would have. In, in terms of the strategy is now we we play in a battlegrounds where not where beasts aren't always offered. And I have run into this problem where you know I've recommended to someone, oh yeah, and you know this hero is really good with Saralisk and then beasts aren't offered and you're like, oh uh yeah what what do you what do you do now? So I guess my last question would be what do you do when beasts aren't offered or when demons aren't offered so you can't get a wrath weaver uh what what is your strategy um i would say i would say that that in order to maximize your chance of success for sourless uh for playing the sourless you want to have beasts demons and max that's something that you might not have thought of but max have a lot of death rattle uh, so if you cannot get consistent death rattle to buff your team, you're not gonna do right well. Uh, so th- th- those are that, that that's already makes it that sour list is not it's not some broken strategy. Given that you, it's not it's not that easy for you to play every game. You know you cannot play every game. You need these three uh, three classes in order to uh, to have a, a very strong team. Uh, give uh, and then if there is no peace, obviously that's not I'm not playing sour list that game. Uh, I I would just go with my normal le- um, level up and see where what 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 cards I'm offered. Uh, sometimes I go big demon, uh, big, uh, or token demon because those uh, because those are uh, those are again those are the lower risk strategies. It might not again it's not it doesn't get as first place as often, but you also get top four more often uh, with those counts right now. Very cool, Don. You got any other questions? I'm just going to ask in general, what is, what has, you said you've been playing for several weeks, so you've <clears> kind of played before the new patch and then now after this new patch. Uh, what is, has been your favorite uh, thing that's changed with this patch? Favorite thing. Hmm. <laughs> I, 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 I actually like um, having the, the, the rotating classes. Um, uh, be- because because the, because even though Sourlist is is the best winning strategy per se, like Game Theory Optimal, right? It's by far, it's not even close. But like Game Theory Optimal, but it's not that fun, you know. And 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 honestly, right now, 
Battlegrounds, it's, it's not like we're making money playing Battlegrounds. It's, you know, it doesn't matter if you have 11,000 MMR or 6,000 MMR. You know, I mean, I mean, at some point, we don't want to lose every game either because if we lose every game, that's no fun. Uh, so that's why when I when I'm on a big losing streak, they uh, trying new new concepts. Maybe that's when I go back to the strategy I know best and you know win a few games, get my confidence going, uh, and then and then try some new strategy. Uh, but but uh, but yeah, that's 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 what my uh, favorite thing is. Um, I think that it's good to always um, have uh, room for creativity. You know. Absolutely, I agree. I think that's been my favorite part about it too. Yeah. So what what is next for you in terms of, of battlegrounds? Like like I said, I was amazed at the level of detail that you put in in these notes for uh, how how this works for you. Um, I mean, what what are you hoping to see in the future for battlegrounds in terms of like a competitive mode or um, just opportunities to build guides, things like that. I mean, is that something that in the future you think that will be available to, to you and to other people? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, um, I, I, um, I actually, I, I don't mind putting this out there. I'm actually applying for a new position called game designer for Hearthstone. Oh, cool. Yeah, 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 and and uh, and uh, and uh, one of the re- their, their um, job application requirements is to design a new card, and the card and the and the new card that I designed is actually for battlegrounds. <laughs> Ooh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking that one of one of the most frustrating um, experiences uh, I have so far is is dying uh, is dying too early without a chance to play the game when I don't have when I could not get you know. Just reasonable minions to defend myself. We've all been there, okay? <laughs> like, like there are times where, like, you draft that um, uh, awful uh, one-two Mac compared to someone that's drafting like two Murlocs on the first turn, and then it feels like a snowball effect, right? And so, I so I the card that I designed is like a it's like a three-four taunt at, at tier level three, but it but uh, if it's the, the first minion to be attacked, it'll gain plus three health with taunt. So, so I don't know how well this will work in terms of like, like you know, giving yourself a chance to get back into the game. Uh, but it'll be available to all classes. It'll be class neutral. Uh, so yeah, hopefully that that will give us um, you know, something like that. And I hope I hope Lizard can can, can bring in cards where like it's not to, uh, to help players win more, but to give losing players a chance to get back into. That's a that's a really cool thought, actually. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk about healing, and they kind of wish that there were healing things in battlegrounds. Um, but I think that what you're suggesting is probably a better solution than having straight up healing in, in battlegrounds, um, because, like you said, it gives players who aren't doing as well a chance to kind of stick in it a little bit longer or fight their way back in without just straight up healing which could give the potential for, I think, probably worse feeling moments. Yeah, yeah. If only there was some kind of, like, weapon or shield mechanic <laughs> that was in the game. I mean, I, I know that I heard someone on a podcast once talk about that. I, I, I don't know. It just seems like, man, having... 
having a way that if you need like one or two more turns, it just seems like that would be so amazing. I, I like that idea. Um, I, I also like, I love that, you know, you want to help improve the game, but also do it in a way that is on the inside. You know, I, I think that that's one thing that a lot of people think about, you know, of course there's yelling on Twitter and yelling on Reddit and I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's all of these ideas and, and some are good and, and some aren't, but I just coming from a, a position of being in the mil, you know, previously being in the military, it took me a long time to understand the why of things happening until I was put into the role where I had to make those decisions. And it was like, Oh yeah, this, this decision isn't necessarily the one that is going to be the most popular, but all of the other options are equally bad. Um, so what's the best possible approach? And, and the only way that you can make decisions like that, the only way that you can make suggestions that can bring a change into the game is to look at it from all angles and what not better position to do that from directly at Blizzard itself. But yeah, I wish you the best of luck in that. All right. Well, as we wrap this up, I want to I want to thank you, Will, for coming on to the show. And I will I will reveal the secret. Um, will reached out to us. It wasn't a us going out and hunting down people. So if you have a thought or an opinion that you want to share with the bartenders or if you want to come on the show and be a guest. I mean, Will's example was great. He had, you know, a full document basically already prepared on on what he wanted to talk about, what he thought was, you know, something that he liked that we were bringing up and then something that he, he thought we might have, you know, not missed, but could sit down and talk on and why he thought that he was a great person to do that. And if, and if again, you think that, you know, we're missing something just that's so obvious that the rest of the world, you know, should probably know about it as well. Tell us about it. You can email us at podcasts at bobstavern.pub. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, depending on how much in depth it is, we might even be like, hey, why don't you just come on the show and we'll talk about it and and, and break it down and really use this to learn. I've learned a lot. I, I learned a lot in this episode, especially about, you know, not feeling so bad when I do stick around Tavern Tier 1 a little longer than everyone else to, to kind of develop you know, a Sarlisk build. Uh, so yeah, thank you, uh, Will. And, and, you know, thank you for the information that you, you know, you showed Don and I, and then also the information that you shared with our audience. Welcome. Yeah, uh, absolutely. If, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi, welcome. If, if people want to reach out to you, how can they do that? Uh, um, they can go to my website willhung.com, W-I-L-L-H-U-N-G.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Awesome. And if you have any uh, comments on this podcast, this episode, or the podcast in general, then be sure to to let us know about them. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this on. It really helps other people find out about the show. 
or you can reach out to us directly. You can email to, email us at podcast at bobstavern.pub. And of course, you can reach out to us on Twitter at bobstavernhs. Uh, I've been your bartender, Jay. You can reach me on Twitch when I'm streaming on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays uh, at twitch.tv slash kjaymiller and on Twitter at kjaymiller. Um, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at Donnie DK. That's D A W N I E K. And streaming four or five days a week on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Dragon Rider DK. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Bob's Tavern Cast. Once again, a big thanks to Will for joining us. And of course, I have been your bartender, Jay. I've been your bartender, Don. And for. Myself, Don, and our guest bartender, Will. Uh, pour out your drinks. And uh, the bar is closed, everybody. Get out. Welcome back, Messina. Now, nobody this time. Please leave your weapons outside, Hawkeye. You know the rules. Welcome, Krasiki. Your dark corner is ready for booty. We have to have a little chat about your tab. I didn't know you were in town, Chew. Still cracking heads? You are a diamond in the rough, Always a pleasure.